Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Hi, this is jumping seat rider Ellie Ferrigno, and you're listening to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast hosted by Auburn Elvis. Thank you very much. Well, yes, hello. This is your host, Auburn Elvis, and as you heard, that was Auburn's own Ellie Ferrigno with the welcome intro. Thank you, Ellie, for helping us out with that. So, let's talk about some college equestrians. Boy, it was a big week of action this week. Uh, Lots of meets to talk about, so we're going to jump right on into it. The meet of the week was Texas A&M at Auburn. Now, going in, we knew this was probably going to be tight. Uh, With it being at Auburn, the Tigers figured to be the favorite. The day started out with flat and raining. The Western events tend to take a little bit longer. Their patterns just kind of take longer. But anyway, the flat scores came out first, and right on off the bat, uh, Auburn impressed. They These matchups looked like they were mostly going to be toss-ups or even A&M having an advantage here, but Auburn swept all five points in equitation on the flat. Outstanding performance for the Auburn flat, flat riders there, their best of the season. Um, and this really gave them the, the lead they needed, and it went on to get them the win. Uh, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. So the flat went five to nothing, and then reigning uh, went three to nothing for A&M. There were two ties there, but still, Auburn didn't take a single point there. Normally, this would be a disaster for Auburn, but with those flat numbers that we just talked about, that really saved the Tigers. Now, at the half, the score was five to three Auburn with fences and horsemanship coming up. Uh, longtime listeners will recall that these tend to be the two events that Auburn does pretty well in. In fences, Auburn won that 3-2. Uh, to two. They had some close scores that maybe could have gone even bigger for Auburn um, if the matchups maybe had been a little bit different. But anyway, they got that. And then the final event, horsemanship. A&M still had technically had a shot here at winning. What they needed was um, if they could get four of the five points, uh, they would come back on Auburn and get the win there. But that did not happen. There were two more ties here in this event. So the final score ended up for horsemanship being uh, two to one. And that made the overall score 10 to six, which is kind of a weird score when you have five riders in the event. But there were a lot of ties. So that's what you end up with, 10 to six. Now, this was a big win for Auburn. It keeps them in first place in the SEC standings. Keep in mind that there are only uh, three more SEC meets for Auburn here in the spring. So um, one more win and Auburn's going to, one more SEC win and Auburn will clinch at least a tie for first in the SEC. We don't know what the tiebreaker situation would be based on how they would do with the other teams in that situation. Um, And of course, you want to just win them all. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, For A&M, they had a rough start. Uh, for their uh, fall schedule, at least they had to go on the road a lot. They went on the road to Auburn. They went on the road to Georgia. Really tough way to schedule things. They lost both of of those. Um, But of course, that's all going to flip for them in the spring. 
and they're probably going to be favored to win one or both of those meets uh, that happen over in College Station in, in the SEC. So things are not lost for A&M. They've still got a shot here. Um, this does seem to be another case of where just being at home really gives you a little bit of a boost there. Moving right along, UC Davis traveled to the Midwest for a pair of uh, tough road meets. Actually, no, I think there was three here. They did three in two days, which is a lot. Uh, first, they rode against TCU. This one favored TCU. That looked like a really wise decision because in the very first event, horsemanship, TCU swept that five to nothing. So just like that, uh, UC Davis was kind of fighting uphill the whole rest of the day. Um, the flat got going. That went three to two for TCU. Uh, but the, at least the Aggies got on the board, so it wasn't a complete disaster. So at the half, the score was TCU eight to two. The Frogs are in control. Then you've got fences and raining uh, coming up in the second half. TCU won the majority of those points. They uh, The Frogs took fences is four to one. They took reigning three to two. So the final score was TCU a lot, UC Davis a little, or if you want to express that in whole numbers, that would be uh, 15 to five. So here again, tough day if your mascot was an Aggie. Getting swept in the uh, uh, first event of the day really puts you in the hole. Not a lot of teams can get back out of that hole. For UC Davis, they've really got to, you know, just turn right around and get ready to ride uh, a little bit later on. And we're going to fast forward there. Next day, um, they go over to SMU. This was a tough road trip. So, yeah, they got to face the number one team in the nation now. Uh, anyway, fences got going first. It was four to one for SMU, which is not ideal for UC Davis, but at least it was not a sweep. So they're getting a little bit better here. Um, maybe they slept on a Holiday Inn Express or something. Who knows? Anyway, next event was horsemanship. That again went four to one for SMU. So at the half, if you've been paying attention, you know that the score there was eight to two. Not looking good for UC Davis, but you know, this ain't equitation over feelings, y'all. This is a take no prisoner world of varsity college equestrian. So on we go to the flat and we'll see uh, who got taken prisoner. Here, UC Davis actually had their most success of the day. They won the event 3-2. to two. They technically kept their hopes alive, uh, but they would need to sweep reigning to force a tiebreaker. And, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, but with Winona Ryder notwithstanding, reigning got going and it went 4-1 to one for SMU, erasing all doubt as to who the winner would be. So, Nice big win for SMU. They kind of threw their weight around. They demonstrated that their number one ranking is not a fluke. Uh, they're beating up on those smaller programs just like you would expect them to get to do, and they're getting it done here in the fall. For UC Davis, um, you know, they're always going to have that Auburn victory that they can point back to. Uh, but every week, it's kind of looking more and more like that was maybe a one-time thing. They they popped up into the top 10 for a few weeks, but now they seem to be dropping on out of it in favor of some other teams. It's kind of a shame that they don't ride against Fresno State at all this season. They typically do, but this year they're not um, because both those teams could really use a, a win right now and somebody would have to win. So um, now that would be an awesome segue uh, into talking about Fresno State, but they did not have a meet this week. So we're going to go back in time to Friday and cover all the other action here pretty quickly. Uh, SMU hosted Delaware State. Things went about as ex as expected between these two. SMU swept everything except for uh, fences. So I'm going to give a shout out here to Delaware State fences rider Miranda McCarthy. Your lone point in the event kept the Hornets from a complete disaster. Um, although, you know, they still lost 19 to 1. Pretty rough. But anyway... Uh, um, I did skip a, a, a UC Davis meet. They rode against Delaware State as well on Friday. And this one ended up being really close. Uh, the flat started off the afternoon there. It went three to one for UC Davis. So, you know, you're saying, all right, good job, Aggies. Raining was next. That went three to zero for Delaware State. All right. So that balances it out. Things are close here at the half. It's a four to three lead for UC Davis, though. 
second half. Fences was next. Here, uh, UC Davis won this three to nothing. Okay, so you're thinking, all right, this is great. They've got seven. The score is seven to three. One more point, and that wins the day for uh, UC Davis. And then all four horsemanship points went to Delaware State. It tied it up on the scoreboard. Everybody came out with their slide rules, did a whole bunch of math. I even checked uh, the official scoreboard just so you can be sure that this was um, the accurate scoring. And sure enough, the winner was Delaware State by about 160 raw score points. So UC Davis, uh, they had a rider that got a zero, and it's always tough to make that up if you go to tiebreaker. So that's kind of how it went. Another rough loss for UC Davis, not a very good weekend for them. Uh, three meets in two days is tough to do, but they scheduled this, and that's what you got. For Delaware State, this was a great win. Um, they got pounded by SMU, but a lot of teams are getting pounded by SMU, so getting a win over UC Davis was really nice for the Hornets. Uh, we've still got one more, uh, a few more meets here. I want to get you through these pretty quickly. So on the single-discipline side, we've got Sweetbriar, number two. Uh, They went to number three, Swanee. I thought this was going to be closer. It was not close. Uh, Sweetbriar won that 7-1. to So there is apparently still a sizable gap between the number two team and the number three team over there on the single-discipline side. Also, we've got uh, Sacred Heart. They lost 7-1 to to number one, Lynchburg. Lynchburg is still looking like the team to beat over there. And we had Bridgewater. They rode against Sacred Heart, and that turned out to be a barn burner. Uh, they both tied 2-2 two to two in fences, and then they turned right around and did the same thing in flat. Uh, so this one came down to a tiebreaker as well, and Bridgewater won by about 8 points in the raw score totals. So that other one was 160-point difference. This one was only 8. Now, of course, this one doesn't have as many events. But anyway, very close. But a good win for the Eagles. Um, so now I think every single discipline team in the nation has at least one win now, which is very nice. So good job to everybody. Uh, that's going to make seeding for the postseason a little bit more difficult, but it makes the regular season a lot more exciting, and that's kind of what you want. Bridgewater uh, was supposed to ride against Lynchburg as well. That got postponed. I'll go ahead and tell you that that would have been a beatdown for uh, Lynchburg, so probably good for Bridgewater that it didn't happen. Anyway, moving right along, now we've got one more meet to talk about. Georgia at South Carolina. Georgia was highly ranked coming into this one, but it was a road meet, and those have been tough. Also, South Carolina is good again. They weren't so good last season. They're good this season. So this was not going to be easy for the Bulldogs. So let's go back in time and hear what noted college equestrian analyst Auburn Elvis had to say about this meet. I know I have Georgia ranked at number two, but this is the Gamecocks' last meet of the fall, and it is their best chance to beat a highly ranked team. They'll match up with Georgia a lot like they did against Auburn, but this time, if they can stay a little bit closer in horsemanship and fences, they can pull that upset. I'm going to say that they do it. I'm going to go ahead and pick SC to win in about either a 9-9 tiebreaker maybe, or perhaps a 10-9 situation where if it had gone to a tiebreaker, they would have lost, but it won't because they'll have the 10, and then they would get the win that way. We'll see how it goes, but I think South Carolina has a good shot at the upset. Oh my goodness. Well, that is certainly not foreshadowing there, is it? Anyway. Uh, On we go to the meet. Here's how things started off. Uh, Equitation on the flat. Georgia has been up and down in this event. Today, they were up. They won it 3-2. Horsemanship was also going over on the western side, and that went 3-2 for the Bulldogs as well. Okay, so that's 6-4 at the half. It's a nice lead, but, you know, not as big as you would want, but still, you'd rather be the 6th than the 4 in that. So on we go to fences. Again, Georgia won that 3-2, to two, so now the score is 9-6. to six. So yeah, you're thinking, hey, the meet is essentially over here. One more point, Georgia has at least a tie, 
two more and the whole day's over. So let's see how things went. Uh, oh my goodness, this can't be right. Um, South Carolina, it says here they won four to nothing. So if I do some quick math, carry the one, that is a 10 to nine win for the Gamecocks. All kidding aside, this was a great comeback, a great win here. And again, we see how devastating uh, getting swept in an event can be. Or in this case, it was a dirty sweep because they did have that tie. But still, when you don't even earn a single point in an event, it really puts you in a hole and only certain teams can get out of that hole. And Georgia apparently was not one of them. Uh, Tough for Georgia. They're still tied for second in the SEC, though. That's the good news for Georgia. And um, the bad news is that when the spring comes around, they're going to have to go on the road to Auburn. They're going to have to go on the road to Texas A&M. They'll get South Carolina at home, but you know, it's still going to be tough for them in the spring. So good luck with that. In fact, I'm going to say it's going to be challenging for Georgia to finish higher than third in the SEC now in the regular season. We'll see, though. Uh, For South Carolina, this was a big win for them. They really needed a conference win. Uh, This is probably the biggest win in the season so far. It keeps them in the discussion for getting an invite to the national championship tournament over in uh, March. Now, keep in mind with that, there's only eight spots available in the tournament. Uh, There are four SEC teams, four Big 12 teams, and then you've got other teams like SMU, UT Martin, uh, UC Davis that are vying for those eight spots, all those teams. Now, historically, the SEC is going to get about three or more. The Big 12 is going to get three or more. And then what you're really looking at is uh, SMU is all but guaranteed to take another spot. And so you've really got one spot remaining in that top eight. So if you are Fresno State or you are um, South Carolina or you are UT Martin or UC Davis, you're kind of fighting against those other teams there trying to stay into that top eight. And so um, UC Davis, like we said, has kind of cooled off right now. So South Carolina, I would say if the if the season ended today, they would be in that top eight. They would go to Ocala, and that's the way things look right now. So that is all of this past week's action. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back, and then we're going to talk about the upcoming meet previews. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. So looking at this past week's action and uh, how it impacts the rankings, um, I think we're going to go ahead and we can all agree that the undefeated team in the nation, SMU, should be number one. All right. So we're in complete agreement. The motion carries. Uh, Next, let's look at two teams, TCU and Auburn. Now, here's some people might have teams in different order. Right now, I feel like Auburn is better, but this ain't equitation over feelings. We really need to look at how their records have gone. And Auburn's bad loss to UC Davis, which gets worse every day, um, is it puts them below TCU. So I would have TCU at two and Auburn at three. Then we have a couple of teams here, Oklahoma State and Georgia. They both have two losses. I would actually put the Cowgirls at number four and the Bulldogs at number five. I think uh, Oklahoma State is maybe getting a little bit of benefit of the doubt because they didn't ride as many meets yet as Georgia has. They have not had to go on the road more than once so far, but they're about to go on the road to Auburn, so we'll see how that goes. If they can get the upset over Auburn, they're going to go up into the rankings. If they don't, they'll probably drop in the rankings. So we'll see how that goes. Next, you've got Texas A&M, South Carolina, and Baylor are all about that same level. 
Now, I would have the Aggies above South Carolina because of the head-to-head win that they had there. Um, but you could make a case that, S, you know, SC's win over Baylor should elevate them a little bit more. But either way, uh, if you rank those two, it doesn't really matter too much as long as you have them above Baylor right now. The Bears have been living completely on that one win against TCU they had a few weeks back, and they really need another win. Now, they're going to get a chance at another win because Fresno State is visiting uh, this weekend. Now, speaking of which, let's uh, leap right on over into some meat previews. We're going to start off with Bridgewater at Auburn on Thursday. So, Auburn is probably going to ride a few starters that you don't normally see in the lineup, and they're still going to get a big win over the single-discipline Ingles. Uh, probably be something like 8-2 to two or 7-1 to one if it's only four riders per event. Oklahoma State is going to turn around and ride against Bridgewater as well on Thursday. Same thing's probably going to happen there, about the same score I would expect. Then we have Fresno State. They're heading out to College Station, Texas on Friday, and that is probably going to be a big win for the Aggies. Teams have really dog-walked Fresno State this fall, and the Aggies will be looking to take out some frustrations on poor Fresno State after A&M lost to Auburn. So I think this is going to end up being something like 15-5 A&M. And on to Saturday, uh, Georgia at Delaware State. So yes, in College Equestrian, a lot of times you will see these big teams go on the road and they will travel to a small program's uh, uh, home, like uh, in this case, Delaware State. So Georgia's going to be up in New England this weekend, and I think this one's going to end up being about 15 to 5. Georgia has had some tough opponents lately, and I think they're going to get to flex their muscle against the Hornets. Now, South Dakota State is going to visit UT Martin. The Skyhawks look to be the class of the ECAC this season after SMU departed, and we see that UC Davis is on a bit of a skid, so it's pretty much UT Martin's um, conference right now. Uh, and I think this one's going to be something like 16-4 to Skyhawks at home. Fresno State is going to visit Baylor. Here again, I think the home team is going to prevail. Fresno State has looked overmatched pretty much every time out. That's going to continue on Saturday. I expect them to put up a bit of a fight, but Baylor's probably going to end up winning this one 13-7 or something similar. Lynchburg is going to ride up against uh, is going to ride against Georgia up there in Delaware. I think this is going to be interesting. It'll probably be either a four rider per event kind of a thing. Uh, if it is, uh, I think Lynchburg will get about three points. So we're going to say this is a five to three Georgia win. So kind of close. Uh, then Lynchburg will ride against Delaware State the next day, and I'm going to say that that ends up a very close win for the Hornets. Uh, that's kind of a joke. They're both named the Hornets. Anyway, I think Delaware State is actually going to pull off the win here. Not sure if that's an upset or not because, you know, Lynchburg is good, but Delaware State's a little bit bigger program. Anyway, I say I think this is going to be uh, five to three or six to four, depending on how many riders there are per event, which leaves us with one more meet to talk about. The meet of the week, Oklahoma State at Auburn on Friday. These teams are about even on talent. Um, It's at Auburn, so I would say Auburn probably has a little bit of an advantage and would be favored. Looking at the actual events and who tends to get some points here, I'm going to say that in fences, Auburn has the advantage. They typically get points from Ava Stearns, Ellie Ferrigno, Emma Kurtz, and Sophie Steckbeck. When you look at Oklahoma State, they have a pair of fences riders that have excelled so far this season in Riley Hogan and Emma uh, Pacina. Now, over on the flat, Auburn tends to get points from Kurt Steckbex and then Mary Grace Seegers as well, whereas Oklahoma State so far has only seen consistent wins from uh, Grace McReynolds. In horsemanship, four Auburn Tigers typically earn poor points. They are Maddie Spack, Madison Pardoon, Olivia Tordoff, and Caroline Friedenberg. Oklahoma State has gotten some good points from Peyton Baxter and Claire McDowell. So again, a little bit more of an advantage there for Auburn. 
And then in the final event, in reigning, Auburn's Boo Camera, Isabel Tesmer, and Kate Buchanan score pretty regularly for the Tigers. For Oklahoma State, you've got Quincy Clark, Molly Mitchell, and JoJo Roberts are their regular winners. So just, and again, all of this is based on what we've seen so far this uh, season. We don't have a ton of data, particularly from Oklahoma State. But when we start looking at this and and doing some projections, I think we're going to see something in the range of an Auburn victory, probably Auburn 12, Oklahoma State 7. But again, you never know until these teams actually get together and ride. We'll see how everything turns out this weekend. And of course, I should be there taking you through it all as well. Now, before we go, I want to make one more plug for the intro messages. Uh, We got one more weekend here before the Christmas break, and I will be reaching out to one or two of you to send me a sound clip of you saying the intro message. It's really easy process. Basically, I will message you with a polite request uh, for you to say the intro message. If you're on board with it, you say yes. If you're not, you say no, and we go our separate ways, and I ask somebody else. So if you do say yes, then I would send you the general message text, and you would just go get your phone, go someplace quiet, you know, say the message a couple of times until you get one you like, and then you send me that file in an email, or you message it to me in Instagram. Um, I typically do my podcast editing on Sunday night, so just get it to me sometime Sunday, and I'll drop it into the episode. There. See how easy life is? Um, But again, thanks. uh, Big thanks to the writers who have helped out so far. I think it really does make the podcast just a little bit more elegant uh, to have those voices there. And that really is what the world needs, a more elegant College Equestrian podcast. So that's all for this elegant episode of War Horses. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.